Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast, sponsored by Ambrosia Tinned Custard, available in all colours. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden and how they impacted on me growing up as a boy in 1980s and 1990s Birmingham. I'm on the 1990s now, and this week I'm looking at Fate's Warning, which is track 5 on the No Prayer for the Dying album. Now last week I got several comments that I was rambling on too much and I needed to get to the point of the episode, which was about Public Enema Number 1, the song by Iron Maiden. Now at the time I did acknowledge this, and you may remember that I said I won't go into detail about the haircut. I cut that anecdote short, a bit like the haircut, just so we could get on with it, but clearly that wasn't enough, was it? It was quite difficult because I was talking about the impact of Simon Rafferty and his interest in Fiona Gregory, but I realised that I might have been going off the point a bit, like Trevor does. Now someone said, you need to go back to basics with a podcast, like Iron Maiden have on this album. Now this is a valid point and I like feedback, but I was a bit concerned. I mean, I thought, how can I recapture those glory days of the podcast when I lurked outside an old people's home as a prowler and I did jigsaws? and harangued Trevor when he seemed to be on the toilet. I mean, this was the golden age, wasn't it? Luckily, as I thought about this, I got a message from Mr Anagram, so that was good, wasn't it? Old school classic. And he writes that some letters in Fate's warning can be rearranged to make Argentina, and he's shocked that I haven't mentioned the Argentina trilogy before. Of course, I didn't know what this meant. He said that this ends three songs in a row where you can make countries from the letters in the song titles. Before this, we've just had Public Enema Number 1 and you can get Lebanon out of those letters. And in the song No Prayer for the Dying, you can get Egypt from those letters. Okay, uh, And then he says, this has happened before with three songs in a row ending in Argentina. You can get Taiwan from Heaven Can Wait Liechtenstein from The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner and then Argentina again ending the trilogy with Stranger in a Strange Land What do you think this means Wayne? He asks Well I think this means you've got too much time on your hands but I'm going to be polite and and say thank you after I got complaints about my treatment of pterodactyl mark In the week I've had some messages from girls which is nice but several of them said they'd like to have a sound bath with Trevor Now, I'm going to interrupt here, because I don't think this is a good place for a date. And if you think about it, Trevor might be on the rebound after Pamela, so I advise you to consider this carefully. Just for reference though, I'm single. We had some mixed views about his political ideas as well. You may remember he wrote a poem about being Prime Minister and read out some policies. Now some people were impressed with him, others not so much which I think might be a normal reaction for a politician and the things they stand for, so I suppose this is a good sign. Back to the song though, and I had a tweet from Daniel Armstrong, and he said that Public Enema Number 1, Live, was a B-side to the later single, From Here to Eternity. So thanks for the reminder, Daniel. And uh, actually, this was one of the clips I heard on YouTube from the Wembley Arena. Um, And weirdly, I did notice that the still photo accompanying the clip was of the From Here to Eternity sleeve. But I didn't think to point it out, because it looked so rubbish. I assumed it was a mock-up or a bootleg. 
So, uh, yeah, that teaches me a lesson, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, so it's readily available, that one, um, as a B-side. So thanks again to Daniel. This week, though, we're looking at Fate's Warning. And, uh, yeah, interesting title. Can you have a warning from Fate? Fate suggests something that will happen, so you can't act on a warning from it until it's too late, surely. So maybe this is like a deliberate paradox. And it caused me as much confusion as remember tomorrow, as something that can't happen. Maybe if you know something's fated to happen, you can act on it. But then if it's fated, then you can't stop it, can you? Maybe if Aston Villa are winning 2-0 against Manchester United, you just know they're going to throw it away. It always happens. So you know this is fate. So you could act on it, this warning, and you could put a bet on them, drawing or losing. So maybe that's a fate's warning. And maybe this is the sort of thing Steve Harris was thinking of. Maybe he had similar things with West Ham and bogey teams. That's enough about football. I'm quite annoyed that fate's warning doesn't have an apostrophe. And I think it should. And clearly Iron Maiden don't like punctuation, do they? Because we had that missing question mark on can I play with madness? I found out there's a prog metal band called Fate's Warning and they don't have an apostrophe either. So I don't know what this is all about. I think punctuation should be taken more seriously in heavy metal music. It's another song with Dave Murray on the writing credits and it opens in a similar way to others he's written. That sort of gentle introduction, like soothing waves. Perhaps people listen to things like this in a sound bath. So yeah, it's a bit like Still Life and Deja Vu, The Prophecy, that gentle sound. But then it all kicks in. Now I can hear some similarities here with other songs they've done. The drums in this introduction sound a bit like the verse in Sea of Madness. And then the guitar bit is exactly the same as a section in Can I Play With Madness. Now it's strange that these two songs have got madness in the title. It's almost like it's deliberate that they've copied these songs, copying the tricks. Now they've also copied some tricks from the band Madness in the Holy Smoke sleeve and video, as you remember. So maybe there's a subliminal hint to the themes of the songs, the madness of evangelism, of the world, of power. So let's see if there's any madness in this song. Now the first verse is about why some people live longer than others and perhaps some die too soon. But maybe there's no point questioning all this because it's just fate. Now in the first line, I think it's strange how Bruce says destined. He sort of stresses the second syllable. He says destined, which is wrong, isn't it? He probably does that to fit in with the song, but it's quite unusual and, and I don't think I like it. You don't say Dustin's child, do you? Then we get to the chorus, which is quite a disappointment because it's not very catchy or memorable. It just sort of plods along. Just sort of repeating the theme of the song, really. And uh, the lyrics are Steve Harris. Um, so, yeah, I've not been too complimentary about his lyrics before. But uh, talking off Steve Harris... Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. 
October 1990. These 90s seem to be a bit strange so far. Quite unpredictable with music. This weird house music. But then you've got these old songs in the charts. Like Steve Miller Band, Keeping Holy Smoke Off Number One. What's that all about? Just because it was in a jeans advert? I don't remember Phantom of the Opera getting any treatment like this when we did LucasAid. I just got a signed photo off Daley Thompson. Sample sod ended up getting this in a secret centre. I'm not keen on this trend for old rock on adverts. I see All Right Now by Free. It's on the Wrigley Spearmint Gum advert. Awful. I don't want to sell out like this. I just like going out on the road. Proper art graft. The fans are going to be amazed that we've had songs from Dave on this album. Two in a row. The one he's written with me is better, of course. Fate's Warning. It's got a better title for one thing. It's Dave Harris's diary. It's Dave Harris's diary. It's Dave Harris's diary. It's Dave Harris's diary. The second verse sort of carries on with the theme. Um, it asks, who are the lucky ones? The ones saved from fate or death? Or the ones who are taken away from the planet and all its horrors? Then there's a couplet that says, is it a hand on your shoulder from the Lord above? Or the devil himself come to give you a shove. Now I think this above and shove rhyme is quite pathetic. I think it's clumsy, like some of Trevor's earlier work. I think give you a shove in particular is terrible. It's a bit like many Nordic fighting men. And once again, this is Steve Harris, isn't it? I mean, I'd get shoved in the playground or the corridor by bigger boys. I don't think the devil would resort to this sort of thing. He'd do something more evil. Sounds a bit lightweight. And what this song is saying, especially in the chorus, is whether the end is good or bad, it will end. And nothing, no amount of power, can stop it. In verse 2, there is another strange Bruce delivery. I mean, we had Dustined in verse 1. But the way he sings, Saved for another day, is quite interesting. I quite like it because it isn't obvious. It doesn't follow the pattern. He sort of almost goes off on one and does his own thing. I wonder how Steve Harris felt about this. Probably just thought, ah, go with it, leave it in. Now, we've had fate discussions before on the podcast, but uh, maybe we're not the best qualified people to talk about it and, and this sort of thing. Now, we have purgatory, hallow be thy name. And in heaven can wait, there's actually the suggestion that we can control fate or telling death just to wait a bit. Generally, the parts of the song aren't that amazing. They're the verses and choruses that we've looked at. But as it gets more familiar, it does seem to improve. It sort of grows into itself. And this was something I was experiencing in puberty. Different parts of my body were developing at different rates. I'm not going to discuss the pubic hair chant at Stetcher Trimming Baths. But I remember my nose. It seemed a bit disproportionate for six months. And this was sadly captured for all time in some family holiday photos at Haven Holiday Resort in Devon. The harsh truth of the camera eye. Anyway, eventually it all evened out. My face caught up. And it's a reasonable size now. So my face grew into my nose in the same way that the song Fate's Warning grows into itself. 
So yeah, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. And the change after the second bit is quite welcome. Yeah, the, the mood changes. A volcano erupts and sweeps a town away. A hurricane devastates the cities in its way. Now, when I said it was welcome, obviously those themes and images in the lyrics aren't welcome. They're bad, aren't they? But, I mean, the tone of the song's good because, you know, it's a bit of relief. But these words are a warning and potentially about the planet. And, uh, yeah, a bit like the climate change element mentioned in Public Enema Number 1. Now, climate change is quite topical today, isn't it? Mentioned a lot. But it was mentioned quite a bit at this time, 1990. On Blue Peter, they called it the greenhouse effect. And as a result of all this, I remember I stopped buying Brute spray deodorant. And I started using Insignia Roll-On instead, thinking it was better. After this, you sense we get into the instrumental passage. And there's a bit of a cheesy guitar bit. Um, I mean, it sounds okay, but a bit like in the clairvoyant, it's the bit at the end of the section where the guitar goes up. I feel that's too much. And they do it twice, which makes me even more angry. There's a nice mixture of solo bits then. Uh, and interestingly, it's Dave Murray and then Yannick Gers, so it's reverse alphabetical order. Both of them get 13 seconds. Interestingly, I like Yannick Gers' bit the most, the second part. And I'd like this to go on a bit longer. But it ends a bit abruptly with this anguished howl as it goes into the final chorus. So a nice little bit from Yannick. And here's some more from him. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Hello, I'm Yannick Gers from Iron Maiden. Welcome to another Getting Jiggy With It. People always ask me about what to do with your hands when dancing. People get self-conscious, don't they, when on the dance floor at a wedding or work Christmas party. You don't want to be doing a poor Diarro air guitar shite at a work Christmas party, or Barbara from accounts might not look at you in the same way. Back to the hands. And if I'm not holding my guitar when I'm dancing, then I stretch my fingers out and wave my hands left and right like I'm stroking a cat. Left and right. If you start to bop a boot as well, then it looks more natural-like. Don't be afraid to take risks, and you can upgrade to stroking a horse when you get a bit more confident. Do it with both hands, and maybe sway a little bit. If I see any of you doing this at one of our gigs, then I'll give you a nod. I know some people have difficulty knowing what to do with their hands in photos as well, so you could try this method of stroking a cat to loosen up in a photo shoot, but maybe put one hand on your hip, you know, like in the time warp, or like Adrian did on the back cover of The Evil That Men Do in a shell suit. It wasn't a shell suit, but yes, I wanted to create an air of casual cool, Hand on hip and knee forward, like I was in a football team photo. I thought you'd like that, as it has that element of symmetry you keep going on about. Aye, I love me symmetry, me. See you next time on Getting Jiggy With It. Getting Jiggy With It. Now, despite me not being happy with the vocals on the album overall, I think they're okay on this song. They're a bit growlier in the chorus, but in the verses, it uses a bit more of the higher register, which I like. Now, it's interesting that, on face value, I don't really look at this album much, because I sort of assume it's Bruce's vocals that put me off. But so far, you may notice that I haven't been that outraged by them, maybe mildly irked on occasion. But perhaps, actually, this isn't the problem. Maybe it's the simplicity 
and the duration of the songs overall that puts me off. Because here we go, this song, it ends quite suddenly, you know, four minutes, ten seconds, which actually is just over the average song length for side one on the album, which we're now at the end of. So yeah, five songs. Now some people might be happy with this, shorter songs, because, you know, some people moan about the newer stuff that goes on a bit, but also, if you don't like this album, at least the songs finish quickly, so they don't linger long in the mind and leave a nasty aftertaste, like Walker's Smoky Bacon Crisps. Now, interestingly, this is the first song off the album I've covered that wasn't played live, so maybe that's a sign of how the band see the song. I mean, I bet when the fans went to see this tour, there weren't many people in the audience thinking, oh, I hope they play Fate's Warning, and if you say you did, then I don't believe you. Right, I'm going to give Trevor a ring now. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Trevor, what have you been doing? Yeah, exciting times. I'm getting ready for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah? Don't you send a card to one of the gladiators? Oh, yeah, I have done. But I might set my sights elsewhere this year. Not Emily in Paris? No, she's not real. She's a character, played by an actress. I don't waste my time talking to people who aren't real. Okay. Shall I send Fiona Gregory one from you? No, thank you. Didn't you do this last year and nothing happened? I'm not interested in what she's doing now anyway. I've moved on. All right. Well, I think she's married now anyway, so she probably wouldn't do anything. Hang on a minute. Who to? Not Simon Rafferty. Ah, so you are interested? No. I might put together a Spotify playlist for Valentine's Day. Right, well, let's move on. Um, We had some nice comments about you this week from women who wanted sound baths with you. In fact, one woman was married, but she said that she wished her husband would try adventurous things like this. That's nice, isn't it? Aren't you interested about the songs on my Trevor's Valentine's Day playlist? Are I a maiden on it? No. Well, then we don't need to discuss it, do we? We're here to discuss fate's warning. Oh, right, yeah. Well, yeah, a bit average, some weak rhymes, and themes we've had before again, good and the bad, the devil. It feels a bit clunky, though, the song. Uh, Something you said on another one about the do the song, but they don't quite fully explore it. It's like they're on a deadline and they've got to restrict it to a certain time frame just to squeeze it on the side at the end. Well, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure that's quite right, but, uh, yeah, I I sort of see your point. I I bet you're annoyed about the apostrophe, aren't you? Yeah. If it's fate's warning, it should have an apostrophe before the S, shouldn't it? No. What? This is reference to the three fates. We've heard from them before, haven't we? Dante's Inferno, Shakespeare's Witches... Uh, and then I mentioned them from Heart of Darkness, which inspired the song The Edge of Darkness. All of these recurring themes. Okay, but these three fates, they still need an apostrophe, don't they? Yeah, but that's after the S. They're a group, aren't they? Yeah, but Iron Maiden's a group. And if you said Iron Maiden's warning, you'd have an apostrophe yes. Yeah, because they don't end in S. Aye. If it was Guns N' Roses warning... You'd add it after the S, because they end in S. I don't understand this. Maybe I need to see it written down. What would Guns N' Roses warn you about anyway? I don't know. Maybe road safety? Is there some sort of hidden joke there? No, just the first thing I thought of. Maybe they'd warn you not to panic in a bear market, or about eating too many sweets. A bear market? What's that then? Is that like the Swan Market in Yardley? No, the Swan's a place. A bear market 
is an investment term. It's not literally a market with bears in it. Oh, good. Okay, well, have you got a poem about fate's warning? Yeah, here we go. Standing on the beach with a spade in my hand, staring at the goth, staring at the sand. I can turn and walk away, or I can smack him on the bum. Staring at the sky, staring at the sun. Whatever I choose, it amounts to the same. Absolutely nothing. Is that it? Yeah. That sounds quite familiar. Yeah, you might know it because it's based on the book by Camus, The Outsider, or L'Etranger in French. No, I don't think I knew it from that. I was thinking of like a song lyric. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the same issue in the song, isn't it? Fate's warning, because whichever path you take, it will end as nothing. Whether it's death or fear, I'll still be scared of the goth, whatever I do. Okay. That's why I like the escapism of role-playing games. Because it was different, wasn't it? Because you had the choice and something would happen. You might roll a D20 and find a tankard or a leather jerkin. You don't do this in real life. Well, yeah, but the game would end, wouldn't it? You'd pack up the dice and the character sheets and you'd end the session. So it would end. Yeah, but it was a nice ending. You know, you'd pack it up and then you'd have a Sunday dinner or a chippy tea on a Thursday. It wouldn't be death. Okay, well, next week we've got the assassin, so uh, have a think about that one. Oh, yeah. What's that mean? Nothing. I'm excited about it. Good. Yeah, side two, that's uh, moving on quickly, isn't it? Yeah, so you don't want me to send a card to Fiona Gregory then? Well, do what you like. I mean, I don't think it makes any difference, does it? I'm just sad that I won't be able to send anything to Pamela because we dated between Valentine's Days, so I never got to treat her very special. And, you know, I couldn't really go out much because of lockdowns and, and the pandemic, so quite a sad time for me. Okay, well, can you talk to your mum about this? I'm talking to you. Well, don't the listeners want to hear this, do they? Maybe, I mean, I don't know. You'll get through it. Yeah. Maybe I'll get some surprises. Yeah, well, you've, you've had a bit of interest from in this, haven't you? Yeah, people are impressed with you. It's all right, though, because if I buy chocolate and, and I haven't got a girlfriend, I can eat them myself. Yeah, well, that, that's it. Some silver linings, isn't there? Yeah. Okay, thanks, Wayne. I feel better now. Okay, good. Speak next week, then. Okay, thanks, Wayne. Bye. Right, you can follow me on social media. I'm at Wayne Maiden on Twitter. And you can find me on other social media platforms. I've also got a Ko-Fi page, ko-fi.com forward slash wimp. Now, there was a post on social media this week which pointed out a Paul Diano action figure that was coming soon. Now, this caused a lot of interest. Some people were mocking the quality of it and said it looked like John Travolta, or The Fonz, or Sid Vicious, or Dengar the Bounty Hunter. And there's quite a few people saying that they were disappointed about the lack of accessories, or special effects like catchphrases when you pressed a button. Now, unfortunately, my social media team may have posted this in error, when they shouldn't have, because you can't buy it in the shops. I've had loads of complaints about it, people saying, where do I buy this from? And, I can't see this anywhere else on the internet. And then, well, one person said, I went into the toy shop and I said to the shopkeeper, I want a Paul Diano. And they came back with a Paw Patrol piano. 
I never said this, Wayne. Okay, well, I think that if you've got any consumer issues, then you should go to the Citizens Advice Bureau or an ombudsman. I'm not sure this podcast is the right platform. I'm also worried that my social media team may have gone through that secret envelope that Paul Diano gave me with photos of things from the future that we're not supposed to know about yet. So I do apologise about this. You may have seen that podcasting and streaming have been in the news this week. And apparently, if you spread misinformation in a podcast, then you get millions of pounds from Spotify. I wish I'd thought of this before I came up with the idea to do a serious podcast about Iron Maiden with lots of facts and opinions. Maybe I wouldn't have to ask for Frey Bentos pies on Ko-Fi if I'd made things up. Anyway, next week The Assassin, so looking forward to that. Hope you are too. So thanks for listening to this one and uh, hope to see you next week. Bye-bye.